Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. We're back. Wow, that was a really high pitched intro. I, know, I don't I'm even know who you are right now. Trying to mix it up, trying to change it every week. It's I like, think bro, Alex, was... Alex, bring energy in your intro. You're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am your host, Alex Kessler, as you may have figured out, here with my co host, Ben Bateman. I'm very excited to talk about this episode today, guys. We have a very fun one. So. For the record, this is the week of Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Hopefully you guys folks. are eating a lot of turkey, or you're international and you don't know what we're talking about. Either way, we still like you. I'm looking at you, Dirk Koch. Dirk Koch? Yeah, he's not from the United States. It's got a great Twitter handle. Though. I know, because I know his address, because we sent him yes. this thing. It, ex- it was expensive. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. So I should, I should be more tuned in. Uh, today we are talking about actually the often requested tribal episode. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be. I, I know you guys may feel that we've been uh, a bit casual as of late, but uh, no, we're not. We're just doing lists. We're doing li- well. It's we it, like being competitive. Me and Ben are competitive people, and so we yeah. like competing. And so we're we're gonna lean into that. Yeah, and we also sort of feel like we have we have some great interviews that are scheduled for the next few months with some pros. Uh, we have a, we have a few things that we've set up, uh, but obviously the with the increased pro tour, they're a little busier, a little more of the time now. So it's hard to get some of the ones that we want in here as consistently as possible. And we, a lot of our like semi successful Magic friends have come on recently, right? And and we realized also like GP Pittsburgh is this weekend, and for you all listening, it was last weekend, and that exact problem of what I described is the reason we don't want to talk about like. The metagame right now, because in three days from where we're recording, it could change drastically. So we might be like, hey, you know, Storm is a terrible deck. No one's ever going to play that deck. And right. then it'll, like, win the GP. And then you guys will hear us talking bad about Storm. And it had just won, and we'll look really dumb. So <laughs> we're yep. not going to talk about the metagame right now. So we're going to talk about cool tribes. This is a little bit of a throwaway. Did you know that Boros Reckoner is a Minotaur wizard? I didn't. That's an amazing creature type. <laughs> uh, didgeridoo. For the win. <laughs> uh, all right, so talking about tribes. Now, that means a few things, a few different people. What we will not be talking about is the card type tribal, though that will probably be pretty relevant to some of the tribes we talk about today. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, during um, the block, Lorwyn block, they came up with a new card type, and that's why Tarmogoyf can sometimes get really big, and that card type is tribal, and it allowed them to put creature types on non-creature spells. So it's like, Bitter Blossom is probably the best example I can think of, Yeah, where Bitter Blossom is enchantment, or tribal enchantment fairy. So it's a fairy while also being an enchantment. They stopped using it because... During Innistrad block, which is their next time they did like a tribal set, there was a tribal theme to Innistrad. They put it on all these cards, and then they realized it didn't matter. And if you're going to be in a tribal set and this doesn't do anything, and then you're not going to use it, then why support it? So it put them in this weird position. Long story short, no longer supported. The most important part about it is that it makes Tarmogoyf into an 8-9. Yes, uh, and there's there's a couple notable tribal cards. I mean, and some yeah. of them we'll see play across various formats. Some that come to mind, uh, Warren Weirding is one that people see play in Legacy from time to time. It's like a sorcery that makes people sacrifice creatures or a creature, and if it's a goblin, you get like creatures out of it or something like that. It's, yeah. it's a spell that you'll see in Legacy Goblins decks. It's notable. Also, Tarfire is another card that's notable because it's basically just a shock that counts as a goblin spell. Right. Name, nameless Inversion is like the one that we're going to probably talk about a lot. Shapeshifter, but it's like a removal spell, and then there's... Is, you know the classic chameleon colossus which... yeah crib swap there's uh there's the red one that's seen play before the, the pump spell one no 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 the um the the guy countryside crusher right? oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. No, no no that's not him uh torian mauler i think is what i'm thinking right of. Right, right, right right yeah yeah uh but anyway yeah this is so these are cards that so see play sometimes we'll talk about them a little bit but, yeah yeah um the point here is that we felt like we felt like there was essentially a primary tribe in modern per color. I mean, give or take, and we'll explain what each one, which we mean, what we mean by each of those things. So we'll kind of go over the primary cards and the decks you'll see in each specific tribe. Some of which I'm sure we've talked about and you know about. Right. So each each color of magic classically, uh, and these have changed over the years, but classically has a tribe that represents them. Uh, 
you could probably name them because you play Magic, and it's like the first thing you kind of learn when you start playing Magic. Uh, these are different than the Iconics. So the Iconics are the dragons, the Sphinxes for blue, demons for black, white has angels, and uh, green recently was given Hydras. Uh, it should have been dinosaurs, I'm just saying. Right, and those, so those are iconic. Like, they're iconic in the sense that, like, that's the big creature that Magic wants that color to represent. Yeah, that's that's what they want their mythic rare every set to be if that creature is on that plane that we're at. Or if you've ever bought, like, a pack of cards and you open some six-mana cost creature that isn't that good but is cool-looking and never will see play competitively and you have seven of them from drafting, it's very likely going to be that card type because that's what they do is they print it rare. They've gotten better at making playable versions of them, but they definitely are classically, like, the Timmy archetype kind yes. of cards where it's like... I'm a new player, or I like just casting cool spells, and dragons are always going to be kind of cool, because yep. they're dragons. It's the reason people like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I mean, they're sweet. Sometimes they're super sweet, and sometimes they'll push the power level on the mythic versions to make them actually playable, but the bottom line is, those are the iconic ones, and then there are the playable tribes that will see redundancy in lords, generally speaking. Normally, they're the smaller ones, or the ones that often have lords, and we'll, let's, why don't we kind of... Start? Start. Well, actually, before we start, I do want to shout out... Uh, if you guys have a favorite tribe, please shout it out to us on Twitter. We are at the MM Cast. I am at Kess Wiley, and you are at Ben Bateman Media on Instagram and Twitter. Look at you. I know, I know. We've now said it 60 times, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess 59 times, and be specific. Uh, also, make sure to check out the Command Zone. They do awesome Commander content. Um, and I think that's pretty much... Yeah, I mean, I would say pretty much that's it. We're just going to keep kicking butt and yeah. doing a great job on the show for you guys yeah so uh let's get into the the thing the way that's gonna work is we're gonna talk about the color and then we're gonna say uh the major one the one that represents that color specifically and then each of us are going to give which tribe we think is underused or underutilized for that color and in modern specifically we, we, we want to make sure they kind of have a viable deck we'll call it our favorite tribe that is underutilized in modern yeah. like that we think that there could be a deck it's like a chance and this could be the situation where in fact, I think this will be a situation. We're not going to do another brew episode for at least probably three or four weeks. But this episode will be a great opportunity. We'll probably run a poll. Which of like the tribes do you guys think are the sweetest that you would want to see us do a brew challenge with a month from now? And maybe that's what the next brew challenge will be is Alex and I having to build tribal decks. Yeah, You, got, you guys have a month to convince us which tribe. Yeah. Can so, nearly guarantee mine will include it. Most, most likely it won't <laughs> be until January. So in January, you can convince us which tribe you want us to brew with. All yes. right. So... To start, green. What's what's the the primary? I mean, I think green's the most obvious in the history of Magic, just because it's like they've printed so many of them. It's it's goblins, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Except. Okay. No, it's it's elves. It's yes. elves. So green's iconic tribe elves start with Lenor elf back in the day. Became elvish mystic later on. Yeah, with a uh, Fildenhorn elves or whatever. I can never Findhorn say Fildenhorn elves. Findhorn. Well, there's like nine mana elves or something like that, right? You have the you have like, like elvish their mystic basic deal. Fildenhorn elves. Uh, you have Lanor elves. You have there's later there's like Boreal druid. Though I don't know if that's an elf. You have like elves of deep shadow. That's an elf for sure. Um, there's elves of deep shadow. We don't need to list all the elves that tap for mana. It's their main ability. It's what they Even do. Even their best lord taps for mana. It's the reason they like are comboy because they can go infinite or cast a creator who behemoth that just wins the game. Right. Uh, yeah, they're really good. And yeah, they're super sweet. That's the bottom line about elves. <laughs> they're like, I don't want to get into where they came from. Well, there's like a pretty. They're everywhere. There's a really good they're elves deck in modern, also. Yeah, no, I mean, elves is one of the key decks in modern. I'd say it's probably one of the decks I recommend people just maybe trying to dip their toe into the format. If they want to try it out. Because it's not the most expensive deck, and you can, like, there's like 10 expensive cards, and that's way less expensive cards than Splinter Twin. Right. Because um, you're mostly playing forests. For sure. Uh, but yeah, no, elves are the best. So, what is your green. Underutilized tribe? Underutilized tribe. Uh, I am going to go with Shaman. Oh. Uh, green, my sh- and this is probably of, of all of my. Uh, well, actually, I'm not going to call it the weakest because they're all weak, but I like them all. Uh, shaman has. I'm just going to list a couple cards that are real sweet that are shamans in green. Um, the first one I will like definitely just reference, and you guys know how much I love it is Burning Tree Emissary, which is a, definitely a shaman. Uh, that card's really really cool, um, and you also have like, let's see, you have like the the martyrs from. Uh, from Cold Snap, which was like the reveal a certain number of like colored cards from your hand to do something cool. They're all shamans. I think that's pretty sweet. Um, you have Ulvenwald Tracker, which is the Fight Club creature. That guy's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have Burning Tree Emissary. Yeah, that is a shaman. Elvish, <laughs> Elvish Visionary. Fauna Shaman. Um, what else? Jade Mage. Kazandu Tusk Caller. Rattleclaw Mystic Rift Sweeper. Nobody would ever use Rift Sweeper. You're in this getting format. so excited about cards that, like, S- I may be have played in a draft maybe Skin one time. Skin Shifter, Vexing Shusher, Burning Tree Shaman, Eternal Witness. The list goes. What's the difference on... between Burning Tree Shaman and Burning Tree Emissary? <laughs> Wait. Oh, you don't know? Oh, was Burning it... Tree Shaman the one that, like, it's like a hate bear? You thought they were the same card for, for a, second? a second? I did. There. You're just teasing me. Which were wrong because Burning Tree Shaman <laughs> is one green, one red, one colorless for a three four uh, centaur shaman. Whenever a player plays an activated ability that isn't a mana ability, Burning Tree Shaman deals one damage. That player, that card's great. Play that against Affinity. They can't bolt it. I mean, there's not a big playable bolt anyway, but just in case they do, it's not boltable. And yeah, it's a three four for three. It's a good place to be. But it, no, it's a three four for three, and also all of their activations they just they just take damage. Right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Card's actually, that card's actually modern playable. Isn't like, that like not the worst card also against Twin because they can't combo? Yeah. It's awesome. Because they, yeah. That card's sweet. Yeah, um, good. yeah, I mean, then you get up like past three mana and it starts to get kind of loose. But, well, actually, it's just loose to begin with. Troll Ascetic is a shaman. That card's good. Uh, anyway. Is it? There's, is it? The, the bottom line is anytime you're going to build a tribal deck and you can keep it monocolored, you're in business because your mana base right. is really There's easy. There's going to be a lot of mocking each other in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Shaman is bad, but yeah. it's entertaining. And it's there's, sweet. Yeah, there's oh, some. that is something I do want to bring up now that we've covered. Well, let me do my green and then I'll, I'll bring up something else. Uh, so my green is Tree Folk. Okay. So this is kind of definitely going off the back of Doran. Which is, it's kind of more of a wall lord, but all of the good tree folk are zero threes. Right. Um, or bigger. So it makes all of your other tree folk. Uh, the important one is Herobraz Druid. Right. Uh, for tree folk? No, yeah. no, no. Har- tree folk harbinger. Tree folk harbinger. Sorry. Tree folk harbinger, where it lets you search for a tree folk or a forest, which yep. lets you search out any tree folk you want. Like those two cards together kind of make up the deck. And there's a bunch of other cool things that go with it. It's a cool tribe. They they were kind of trying to be the iconic for a second. They were trying to be the elf replacement in lower one block. There's a weird amount of synergy with all the cards. Definitely all efficiently costed beaters once you have Doran in play. Right. Yeah, I would say the other in green... Well, Trifo, yeah, Trifo is good. Um, it's the the other thing is the land. Oh, oh, something that's interesting for all my tribes is they're all really Trifo plus two colors or one color, right? right so right. like, or not like, or or whatever their color is. Like elves, the other ones we're going to talk about are all basically that. But with all my secondary ones, they're like this plus these other colors. The um, we didn't we didn't mention beasts in green and beast. They tried back in the day, back in onslaught block, which is not modern legal, to make it a thing. But um, you can still kind of do it in modern. What ends up happening is you end up playing like a version of the mono green stompy deck people play because right. well just because what's it called the three the three mana four five um uh, what's the hex's name you know what I'm talking about yeah it's really good for devotion leatherback bailoth right yep. uh, that card and also the two mana guy the three two for two they're both beasts so you start there and then like you just fill it in with like the other cards that aren't beasts and you play some pump spells so it kind of ends up being a tribal beast deck there's the mo- yeah that i mean that's basically what mono green stompy is it's not really even tribal it's just a bunch of efficient things that just are just a bunch, a of, bunch beasts. of yeah yeah uh all right so before we get into white i do want to talk about so there's some cool I do you want to talk about snakes uh, uh, no uh i want to talk about so something that's interesting about tribes in general is there is a lot of cards out there that p- benefit someone playing with all the tribes, right. but there's a few of them that are kind of broad. They let you choose which tribe, and they're going to all be possibly pieces to what we're talking about. Right. Um, these are, we mentioned earlier, there was a changeling mechanic in Lorowin block, and this basically said whatever this creature or spell type, whatever it was, had every creature type. Um, Chameleon Colossus is the most famous changeling, I think. Well, it wasn't just, standard. No oh, one's, Nobody's really ever played it in modern. I, I mean, true, people have true, tried. True, true. I think I've the tried. joke, though, is always like, what are the top ten beasts of all time? And right, number two right, is like right. always chameleon classes because who cares about the other? Like it's just an underutilized tribe. Um, the important ones though are Caverns of Souls is probably the most famous and it's used in every tribal deck because it makes your tribe uncounterable and you can splash mana if there's a secondary color in your tribe. Uh, Obelisk of Erd is the six mana convoke artifact Real that sweet. gives all creatures of a certain tribe plus two plus two. Yep. Um, I would say nameless inversion if you have some ability with it, which is the removal spell. Whenever you uh, play a card of this type or have you, what have you. Right. There's like different ones that do that. And then last, be, last, lastly but not least, Adaptive Automaton, which is the 
just standard type. lord name a creature type all of that creature type gets plus one plus one which is really a beautifully designed card in my opinion that's that's a that's a yeah. great that's a great course at add it's like the kind of card that when they came out that i was just like yeah this is like how have we gone this long without this card existing right well there was a, there was a period in my life where i didn't know what i was doing in magic and this was around zendikar block because yep. i just started again uh and i had a surikar tribal deck Right. Which was like, oh my god! There's like four of them total. <laughs> you played the the uh, the uh, Surikar Spellblade. Yeah, I, I love that card. that card. Yeah, they were all bad. Like the, the one the that bounced the creature, like whatever it was, <laughs> and like when they released this card, I was like, yeah. <laughs> now I can more now useless can... three drops. Yeah, uh, there Sur- was like it was like mono four drops as a deck. Well, like Surikar Spellblade, I definitely tried to build a deck around myself around the same time, uh, and clearly they thought that it was a notable modern card because didn't it get reprinted in the blue rare slot in like Master in Modern Masters two? Yes, it, it did, did. Right, it did. Yeah, yeah, I played it in a draft deck. I think in GP uh, GP Vegas, or yeah, yeah, I totally did. I played it in my Elementals draft deck. There, there are a total of three Surikars. There are four. There are four. There is Surikar Marauder, which is the two-drop landfall has in Tim. Oh, I don't know yeah. what we're talking about, so we don't have to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> right, so moving on, the, but there are a lot of cool cards that let you benefit and like give you your own choose-your-own-adventure kind of with tribes. And so a lot of these decks will probably take advantage of it. I can imagine a lot of them using Obelisk Avert. I can imagine a lot of them using... Um, Adaptive Automaton. Adaptive Automaton. Um, uh, so I, I will just I just really quickly want to say um, snakes exist. That's a, that is all. Let's oh, in green, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about snakes, Ben. What's your reaction? Uh, let's move on to white. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben hates snake tribal apparently, and I would like Twitter to give him crap about it. I just dislike Kamigawa blocks so much. It like it. There's like few. It's like here are your two options: play with play with card types and mechanics that interact with none of the rest of the history of Magic. Or try to cast this card that's damn near unreadable because the best part of it is upside down and printed in a tiny rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> so, all those Maro, Tumblr, uh, Blogatog people that are keep asking for Kamigawa block, Ben's the guy who's stopping you. Yeah, right. So tweet at him about it. <laughs> I don't think there's any Kamigawa card that I like. In your defense, I don't want another unglued block. That's another popular Tumblr thing. I, I'm I think, not a fan either. I think people really want to see what those cards would be, and then would never, never buy it. They just want full art lands. That's no, all but we want. have that. I don't need full art lands. They want cooler full art lands. That's fair, but if they print like we're just we're just not happening for yeah. a while, especially because right. Zendikar block we came back. We got another like three years until whatever. All right. Well, let's move on. Moving let's on. get into right, white. White. So white's classic tribes are well. It's interesting, right? So you said the iconic one is angels, which in in a lot of ways feels like the most important but then in terms of competitive tribes it's a combination of human soldier because so many soldiers are human soldiers and so many humans are human soldiers right human <laughs> well the problem with humans is like it would be humans but they avoided using humans for so long and then when they started using humans which was mirrodin block mirrodin was block was the first time they had human cards uh they kind of put them in every color because humans are kind of just multifaceted beings because right. they're the only real creature <laughs> they're just people like so in that sense, it's hard to be only humans. Soldiers was kind of what it had been before then, and a lot of soldiers have been eroded to be human soldiers. Right. Um, but human soldier is the, like, weird, vague... There's two colors that have weird, vague tribe. I would say that there is... Problems. Uh, no, I was, was going to say is that every single deck we're going to talk about on here that doesn't... Because, like, nobody plays soldiers in modern. That's not a deck. But I would say that of all the decks on this list that have the strongest chance, if you were going to really put some time behind developing them, I think Soldiers is the one. And I'll tell you the reason is because there is such a ridiculous redundancy of Soldiers and Soldier Lords and two ones for one um, that are white human soldiers that like, I really think you could build essentially white goblins that has Path and then just a bunch of like reasonable two and three drop support cards that make all of these two ones because the interesting thing about like i guess i guess that mono white hate bears deck is kind of like a similar version of what this was trying to do but my point is like take the death and taxes take okay take soldier of the pantheon take uh dryad militant right like two ones for one that have a disruptive ability take uh what's his name the the new two one for one that if you play him or another warrior he exiles a card from their graveyard you gain a life um, See, these I are... would say I would say of the the white. No, I, I don't know if I would say of the tribes on this list that are especially of the, like the classic ones. This is the most likely because I I would say obviously elves and merfolk because they have decks, right? But like goblins, even like 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, my point is just basically that I, I think that there's more value. I think soldiers are underrated, is what you're saying. And I think that there's way more value in those those white two ones for one than people give credit. Okay. Because they're disruptive. And, and like if you're on the play and you get two power on turn one and you can find some way to disrupt your opponent, perhaps you're playing Mana Tithe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that that's a better strategy than people want to people want to admit. Okay. I just think it's powerful. Um. So. What's your underrated one? Because I have a nice little rant associated with mine. Oh, mine is definitely spirits. Okay, um, definitely like spirits and like spirits are just sweet. Because I mean, first of all, you have an amazing token maker in Lingering Souls, so that's like the best. That's the best reason to lean towards spirits. You just start there. It's an amazing card, and then anything else that's taking advantage of it. Um, There's a lot of token makers that make spirits. Geist of Saint Traft is a spirit, right? Plus, if you you have the whole you have the whole spirit like arcane thing. Where it's like you have right, you so have there's a lot shift. of spirit tribal cards from Kamigawa block, and then there's a lot of spirit tribal cards from Innistrad block. And yeah. we're going back to Innistrad. Yeah, because so, you you get yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, think about think about Anna Fenza, Kintry Spirit, right? With the bolster ability. Oh yeah, how good that is. Good. She's a spirit, and that's like really good. What is, what, I know they're not a spirit. What are what are kitchen things? Uh, elemental, I think. No, they're like oof. There, it's an oof. They're an oof. Yeah. What? Else? <laughs> how a, is how are they printing <laughs> oofs and not dinosaurs? All right. Yeah, but anyway, I I think that you know again every one of these that we're going to bring up, n- they're none of them are like actually good. They're all like interesting. But I mean, you get Geist and you get Drog Skull Captain if you go Spirits. Yeah, and those two things right there, along with Lingering Souls, are a nice nice top of the curve. Yeah, I mean, it's you, the more two mana stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is you. You end up playing a version of the deck that's similar to that standard deck Finkel played at the Pro Tour like two or three right. years ago. You just get a couple extra cards and some Kamigawa. We get the spirit. cool, sh- yeah. You get the Kamigawa shifted, like all those soul shift. There's yeah. some cool spirits there. They tried doing some of that tribal in Modern Masters 2015. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So mine. Cats. So I'm picking cats. And I have a little rant about cats. <laughs> and that rant is this. I think cats are the actual tribe. I think, I think cats are as iconic of a fantasy creature for someone. So a lot of the problem Wizard says, like, some of these other tribes don't work, is that, you know, when you walk into magic, you already know what elves are. You already know what goblins are. You already know what vampires are. You already know what these things are. You don't know what like cats? cats are but i think people do know what cats are and yeah, I think, yeah we all like, know what cats are but they're not like, a good tribe but they're like cat people like i think that's like a pop culture based thing okay. we got naga as a tribe last year at con in cons block and that was dumb because no one knows what a naga is people know what cat people are cat people is a thing yeah it's like women who have like 17 cats and like <laughs> yes, this exists. But I also think that cat tribal uh, is a completely viable strategy, mostly because you could probably make a zoo deck that every card in it is a cat. Okay, but you're just going off of like cards that happen to be cats. There's no synergy between cats. Yeah, There's no cat aggro. lord. There's no remove. Well, There's no remove this card from your hand. And if like- you wanted to pick a non-human white creature that shows up in the most sets, that's not a job. Like I would say, soldiers is a, like a career choice. Like. You could, sure. you could be. A, there are elf soldiers out there. Okay. All right. All right. It's cats. There's cat people. But would you like? They were in this. They're in. They're in this set. In this set, they're not. They're core. But you wouldn't even play year, adaptive automaton naming cats. Yeah, because the cats are better. Because cats are playable <laughs> cards. Here, let me read you some. Let me read you some modern legal cats. All right. Let me read you them real quick. I'm listening. I'm waiting. <laughs> waiting. I'm searching. All right. All right, let's start with Lone Lion, followed by Scythe Leopard. Oh, I love that one. Followed by Scythe Tiger. I love that one. Followed by Step Links. Wow. Followed by Wild Nacatl. I said it right this time because it's important. Nactyl? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, uh, a Johnny's Pride Mate. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That one sees legitimate play. Actually, every single card I said mate, but Scythe Tiger sees play. Fleece Man Lion. You're I can about even to see fleece it my... Leonin Arbiter. <laughs> Oh yeah, Quizali Pride Mage. You have a point. There's some very good cats, right? Yeah. Um, Where's the cat lord? Rixasha Death Dealer. Is there a, a cat Johnny lord? All the time. Brimaz King of Er Aruskos. That card's good. Is there a cat lord? Yeah, Adaptive Automaton. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one, and that's a travesty. And it's not my fault. That's Wizard's fault. Because <laughs> I'm saying be. soldiers shouldn't be the. Car- that's a job. 
Anyone could be a soldier. There are elf soldiers. There are goblin soldiers. You have to be you born know what? a there cat. There aren't any. There aren't any elf cats. <laughs> but there is a there is a minotaur wizard. There is a snake elf <laughs> druid. <laughs> All right. Like so that's my thing on cats. They're sweet. Uh, Cavernous Souls would be great in that deck. Cavernous Souls would be great in all these decks. of Herb. (laughs) You can't just name all the good cats and then say combine them with these other cards that you would never play in a zoo deck and then you'd have a good deck because you make your zoo deck worse by making it cat-centric. Cats are sweet. Yeah, but add one Cat Lord. If we got all cats get plus one, plus one, the reason they're not going to make it, it's too strong. A two-drop white-white cat warrior for two mana. You might actually... Two-two. All cats get plus one, plus one. You might actually be totally right here. And first strike. Yeah. It would be insane. It'd be awesome. That, that, actually, that would actually be too good. Right. Because you would be able to you would be able to turn one Nakadal. Turn to turn that. Turn to that guy, attack with a four four first strike Nakadal. Right. Yeah. Too strong. Bananas. I think vigilance would be the one I'd give. Because I don't think any of the other White Lords has given vigilance to all of its buddies. Sure. And like because of the Ajani Got, or what's his face makes vigilance cat tokens. What would the what would the um the Not keyword what would the keyword feral do? <laughs> feral, feral, f e a f e r a. What that is like a feral cat. Oh, <laughs> what if you you designed it? What would it do? Feral. Oh, what would like the word keyword? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, if there's a keyword feral. <laughs> yeah, these cats have to have feral, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're, they're not cat. Cats, they're cat people. Yeah, look, okay, vampires that are people still try to eat people. They have sometimes. like lifelink. Really nice zombies so, like, still get hung feral? up and try to eat people. I think sometimes. feral's first strike. I think I think that's comparable. That doesn't even work. It's just first strike. Yeah, then. cats are quick. Okay, let's move. They on. gotcha. Let's right. move on. <laughs> I don't want to design a keyword on the spot. Yeah, this is stressful. All right, <laughs> black. So uh, this I, is this is similar to human human soldiers. Well, no. So I don't think it is. So the thing with black is that forever for the history of magic, uh, blacks main tribe was zombies um the other thing with that is they've had black has had iconic trouble and it has nothing to do with wizards not knowing which iconic they want to use because originally it was demon but then magic got in trouble because magic and religion and christianity has a problem with magic it's also why like harry potter books are banned in parts of the south right um so they were like, oh, let's step away from the, like, you know, religious iconography, or the at least the evil ones, like demons. Right. Um, so they moved and made it vampires. That's why Baron, you know, Baron Sengir, Sengir Vampire, um, if you look at uh, original Ravnica block, all of the, like, big, rare lords are all vampires. Right. So, like, vampires was the big guy. And then they realized around the same time that Toilet was popular, uh, <laughs> a little known fact, probably had something to do with each other, but tw- uh, vampires are much more of a communal creature. And zombies, the problem with zombies is they don't really work together. They're not a community. All these other tribes are meant to be kind of a community, and zombies are really just monsters. And they're like an amalgamation of things. You know why vampires are better than zombies? Why are vampires better than zombies? Because vampires get chicks, and <laughs> zombies don't. So for those who don't know, that is a direct quote from Top Teching, because Ben played a vampire in that show. But, so in Zendikar block, where, where vampires first showed up, and that was about seven years ago, uh, vampires became established by wizards as their new uh, black tribe. Right. Here's my thing. We went through the list of zombies and vampires in our phones just now, and basically there's not a dearth of either one that would actually see modern play. You probably have a better argument for vampires just because the vampires deck in standard at the time when it was legal in Zendikar. Well, zombies was better than vampires in standard when they respectively were. But the argument, I guess, more to the point is that has more to do with sets they're printing in the forward and limited and standard. The modern, modern zombies is probably more viable. Because Gravecrawler is a powerful card, and it has interactions with Gurmag Angler, and right. it has interactions with Lot of the Troll. Um, that also has interactions with Vengevine, and we're back to the deck right. we talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I get you. I just mean, like, um, I, I think if you're going for, like, a real tribal, like, I'm going to just play all these sweet cards, and there's lords and stuff. Like, Vampire has that whole Calastria Highborn, and it has Vampire Hex Mage, and it has uh, the Lifelink 2 through Flyer guy. And it has the new that has the new the new um, what's her name the new one, the new vampire the three three mana flyer. Oh, uh, uh, Drana, Drana. He's got the new Drana. Yeah. Like you know, it's uh, there's it's, some eventually that's a, like a very aggressive flyy, life linky, first strikey, death touchy yeah. tribe. I can imagine happening. It needs, a, it needs more one than two drops. It has the lords officially. Yeah. Uh, you have the black red at one. three mana because Drana is really good, and then at four you have um. The 4-1 the flyer guy? No, the one that gives all, like, 
if the top card of your library oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. black, that he great. gives up. Yeah, yeah, three really black, good. one colorless. What is it? Vampire Nocturnus. Nocturnus. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, really yeah. good. Um, so so there's, black, there's like there's support there, and I know people have brought it up. I think what the deck needs is more powerful one and two drops. Yeah, that aren't just like there's a bunch of two twos for one, and that's not enough. Yeah, you have Lacerator and like, yeah, you need something comparable to like Tarmogoyf. Yeah, if, something. If Dark Confidant was a vampire. Problem solved. Well, it's not. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about our favorite underutilized tribe in the color. I'm I have mine. I'm very excited about this one. Go. This is my favorite. Rogues. Okay. Okay. You're picking a lot of jobs here. Yeah. Do you remember? Do what you are re- the, the classes? That's what they are. Do you remember how sweet? Uh, th- so what th- what happened was this. They tried to design rogue as a thing back in uh, Morning Tide, and there was this the ability called Prowl. Yeah, where they, they were had like lords. Yeah. There's, if you dealt like, damage with a rogue, you could play an expensive spell for a cheaper cost for its prowl cost. Um, it was cool. It wasn't that good. It was interesting. Whatever. The bottom line is there's a bunch of really sweet blue and black rogues that exist, uh, and I'll just list a few of them. Fairy Imposter is a favorite card of mine. Uh, like That card's just – it's not that good, but it's like it's very, very creative. It's a 2-1 flyer for one fairy rogue, and when it comes into play, you sack it unless you bounce a creature back to your hand. So for like any kind of ETV effect and stuff like that – very reusable, um, can be very, very powerful. Obviously, when you get to two mana is where it starts to get really good because Bitter Blossom makes you fairy rogues, first of all. Um, you have you have uh, some, some other like, really, really good ones in here. You have Ink Fathom Infiltrator because it's unblockable. Invisible Stalker is a rogue. So is so is uh, the uh, Silhana Ledgewalker, which is essentially the green Invisible Stalker. So you have a theme there that can play with Looter Ilkor if you wanted to, which is the shadow 1-1 one, one, uh, when it deals damage, you loot. And then the, just the, the piece de resistance, so to speak, <laughs> okay. is Una's Blackguard, which is my favorite. It's the 1-1 it's the, uh, one, one flying fairy rogue for a black and a colorless. Each other rogue creature you control comes into play with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. And whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. So it's only a two mana card as well. So it ends up being almost, almost basically a lord. As well as like Quickling is a really good spell. That's also a rogue can save your creatures. Sig River Cutthroat. You guys remember what that card does? It's the you, I it's think the you describe it. It's <laughs> the one. It's the one three legendary Merfolk rogue. Uh, it's two blue black hybrid mana. At end of turn, if an opponent lost three or more life this turn, you may draw a card. Like. Really good. Like, there's actually, I genuinely think that Rogue is a deck. I think I've even okay. tried to build this deck before okay. now that I think about it. Like, Rogue is the one where it's a little weaker, but just a few of just a few of the cards. Quickling comes to mind as a really, really, really good, you know, counter your removal by getting a 2 2 Rogue into play. Okay. Blackguard seems really good. This could totally be a vile deck. I mean, this is, this is totally the one because all of your good cards are on like one and two. Um, and Vile becomes your other one drop. Plus, you get Bitter Blossom, which is really strong. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, because those are rogues. Very rogues. Oh. Okay, you won me over. Yeah. You sweet. just needed to add Bitter Blossom. I think Bitter Blossom is making its way in my top leg. Like Una's Every Blackguard? Day it's a little close to my top 10. If you have Blackguard and Blossom in play, all of your Blossom, to- so all it's, of your it's blossom also, tokens. It's kind of a fairy deck. Yeah, it is. Well, because Fairy Rogue was a thing. Okay. So, but but all of your Blossom tokens come in as two twos that if they ever deal damage, right, they right. have Hypnotic Specter attached. Oh, that's pretty good. It's really good, that's right? Sweet. You like you can like just make them discard their hand that turn. Yeah, really okay. easily. That's okay. Yeah, I'm convinced. Uh huh. I'll, I'll let you brew it, or will the audience let you brew it? Because yeah. we have to vote to see which one we have the brew, and you get to pick who has the brew which deck. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it up at the end. All um, right. Uh, my black. All right. Uh, so rats. Oh my god, you made a rats deck. I didn't make it. I just locked at rats cards, and there's enough of them that work together that seems like it could be powerful. Because you get pack rat. You get pack rat. Sweet. Which is very helpful. You get swarmyard. So swarmyard <laughs> is a land. Uh, That's the regenerate land target insect, insect, rat, spider, or squirrel. Right. But specifically, rat. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, what, is it colorless land? Yeah, it taps for one colorless. And, is there, and like, then you a... can tap to regenerate a rat. Straight up. Straight up. No, no cost. cost. It has tap to regenerate a rat? Yeah. It's that's, pretty good. <laughs> that's really powerful. Right. With pack rat? You, yeah. You just like... Your pack rat never dies. <laughs> you can just tap your land to regenerate your pack rat? Yeah. It, it like makes it lightning bolt resistant. And then you can just play in, in some like an innumerable number of relentless rats and play thrumming stone? Yeah. You play, <laughs> well, pack rat... Uh, there's also swarmer rats is legal. So swarmer rats is X1. Its power is equal to how many rats you control. So it's like a bad... <laughs> how much does it cost to play? Two. Really? It's a two drop. <laughs> I like looked this up. It's actually kind of nuts. 
<laughs> uh, Rotting Rats also is uh, for it's a one one, but it has an Earth. So when it comes into play, target player discards a card. And the thing with um, Pack Rat is Pack Rat is how many rats. It's not. Yeah, no, I know. It's that. not how many Pack Rats you yeah. have. It's how many rats you have. So it gets like ends up being like a Lord. It's it a Lord. Up- it's like a weird backwards Lord. Same as. Chitter, like swarm rats, you get chittering rats, which has always been really good. You get relentless rats, which we mentioned. If there's any kind of like, you could have. You I mean, could you have definitely have to play like. There's a bunch of weird rats that also make players discard, like one drop ones and two drop ones. Well, there's also, and then on top of that, you, there's also the whole. If you're playing a deck with chittering rats in it, you can try to get as creative as possible and just you can lock people out, right? It, because if you just like crystal shard or whatever, yeah, you have any, a way to bounce it. And repeat. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. any be. repeatable effect with Chittering Rats, you just put a card from there. For those that don't know Chittering Rats, I think it's a 1-1 for Black Black Colorless Rat. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent puts a card from their hand on top of the library. Right. So essentially, if you can figure out a way to loop it... And you're you, already you, making them discard a lot, because like Drain Pipe Vermin, which is 1 black for a 1-1, one, one, uh, whenever it dies, play black, and if you do, target player discards a card, so right. it's a death trigger. And it, But it's a 1-drop, which is important, because you can get in there. Same as Typhoid Rats, which is just a 1-drop, one 1-1 one, one death touch, Yeah, which mm-hmm. I'd probably play, because that kills Tarmogoyf. <laughs> I remember that card from Standard. Um, but when it comes down to it, like this is a deck that obviously plays Obelisk of Erd, because you need a way to pump all these, these rats pretty conveniently, mm. and that does it well, because you have all these cheap cards that come down. You can play pretty low mana cost. The Unearth card is really good with um, the Pack Rat because you can discard it and then unearth it. That same like when right. you need it. And all I'm saying, there's a thing here. What's rats, the black shoal? Sickening shoal is you can kill things for, but it's like equal to the casting cost. So you just would be like two for one. You probably played Liliana even. Like oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. At the top of the curve is your three drop along with Chittering Rats. Well, sickening shoal. People either. make pack rat or rats happen. Pack rat puts us really far ahead. That's like a big reason. This. I wonder works. if this deck would just play. Do you, do you think that it would be black splashing blue and it would play like vapor snag basically? Just like snag. It's and, just a way to get out. I, I, I think you play red so you can just kill things. I was gonna say like clear the way and then also if you're because there's also like there's the the red black rat that when it does damage to a player they have to discard a card at random. What about which is real good? <laughs> what about a version that played like Scepter, Snag, eight other sweet repeatable instants, and just the best rats, and then you could chittering rats loop with with uh, Vapor Snag and Scepter, and you oh, could just like yeah. that's. Or, I don't think you play Scepter seems so loose. I mean, probably. It's, All right, but, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, red. Okay. So red is goblins. Everyone knows goblins. Yeah. They haven't seen play modern really. I really like underutilized. Eventually, too. like they just need one of the better goblin cards and they just haven't gotten it they got what people thought was the better goblin card but that card was really only good in environments where blue is dominant which it isn't in modern right um so what they really need apparently is like a goblin matron one of the cards that lets them gain advantage by drawing a bunch of goblins or one of the goblin cards that lets them put goblins for free out of their hand but instead of war and instigator they need the one drop one that i'm not remembering the name mm-hmm. um yep that's goblins they're cool people love them one day they'll see play. There is a technically a goblin deck. It plays a bunch of one drop two twos, basically. Um, that's aggressive and will punish decks that aren't ready for it. But it's just a bunch of one mana two twos. It's and just a version just of it. it's just a version of mono red that's not as good. Yeah, um, um, mine is mine is loose this t- on this one. And it's, okay, it's dragons. Okay, it's just and I know that's the, that's already the iconic thing. The, th- the thing is, over the years they've tried several times to make dragons actually playable at like a lower mana cost. Well, there's um, a bunch of cost reducers, and then there's like the tutor. Yeah, what's the? There's a new. Isn't there like a new cost reducer that came out that costs three? Yeah, there is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's I think co- it costs two. It costs two, maybe, and he's yeah. colorless. Is that how? No, it's not colorless. Yeah. Anyway, y- you guys probably know what I'm talking about. It's there's there's a bunch of cards. There's a bunch of dragon cards that are like interesting, where you could sort of try to get ahead on mana. You could try to like ramp into these things because they are powerful, and they've designed a lot of dragons to be pretty good. They've even gone as far as to. They've even gone as far as to like make cards like Dragon Master Outcast or cards like the Whisper of the what is he? The Whis- well, uh, dragon something Whisperer. that would be interesting is there's a bunch of new dragon cards that benefit you from having dragons in your hand. Cargan Dragon Lord, yeah. There's totally exactly there's like the, like the reveal of dragon. Yeah, and then there's also like even the uh, um, Culligan, the the non dragon Elder Dragon, the like regular Culligan. Yeah, command, right. Uh, Culligan. 
does like has the all dragons get plus two plus zero or plus one plus zero for every other dragon you have you're attacking and so like there's definitely something there i think you can maybe figure out yeah well because and there's like just pro- expensive there, there's a devotion angle you could go with as well because a lot of these cheaper red cards that are dragon centric like cargan dragon lord and the dragon whisperer they're both red red right so that's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's it's probably pretty loose, but there might be something there because of those new dragon tribal cards. Right. And those cards are good. There's oh. also a dragon tutor there for like the yeah, instant speed there's one. A dragon tutor. Um all right, my red is elementals. Uh so this one specifically, I think the main modern deck that you can get out of this is the blue red elementals deck that uh it's like all in elementals absorbs absorbs spells that you cast on this deck. Right. Um, are you talking? You're, are you talking about Niv Magus Elemental? Yes, that card's sweet. Uh, so the way Niv Magus Elemental works is if you you can exile target spell you control, correct, and then uh, it gets a plus two plus two counter, two plus two plus two counters every so, spell you exile this way. So anybody who's confused about what that means, you like basically cast a spell, it's on the stack, and then you exile that spell from the stack, and he gets counters. I think. Right? Doesn't yeah, no. So it's, it's, I have it now. Uh, it's hybrid blue red. Uh, Exile instant or sorcery spell. You control, put two plus one plus one counters on Niv Magus Elemental. It is a one two. So the point is, is that it's a one drop one two that can, like, on turn three using Storm become real, real big. Yeah, this is their, like, whatever, modern. Was it modern? It was modern. Yeah, the first modern Pro Tour. Was this the first one? Yeah. No, 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 no. It was the first one after the bannings, right? No, it's. It was, this, oh, this is not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It was the first one after the bannings. It was, it was the first. It was the return to Ravnica Pro Tour. Correct. And it was it was like the on-camera match was like Brad Nelson versus David Ochoa, right? Right. And Brad was playing the Elemental stack, and Ochoa was playing Jund. And like Brad was like, everybody's like, wait, he's playing Niv Magus Elemental? Quick, go buy all the Niv Magus Elementals. And he like right. went for it with all the, all the free and I'm cheap spells like, on turn one, and he got him up to like 18, 19, and then like Ochoa was just like, terminate. <laughs> or it was like right. It was like I can't remember like what happened exactly. The the other thing to do with this as a mono red tribe is uh there's the flamekin. So in uh Shadowmoor there was the red black tribe was these elementals, but they were like people versions of elementals. So they were like fire people. Mana forge cinder uh, and the mana forge. Right, and and the, I mean I think the, the most famous one is uh the one that destroys lands, right? Yeah, yeah, fulminator mage. Yeah, fulminator mage is the most. Famous, but uh, one of the big ones I think is there's a one mana tutor that lets you find anyone you want. There's also a flamekin blade roll is a, is a two one is a two one for one in red. That if you reveal an elemental, you get to put into play. Yeah, there's a lot of cool aggressive ones. That would be I don't know. It'd be cool if those got a little bit more love. I'd like to see a return of flamekin. I don't know if I like a lot of the tribes, and I don't know want to really ever go back to Lorwyn, but I wouldn't mind if they bring flamekin back in some way. Yeah, for the record, we we intentionally ignored Kithkin, so we don't. Uh... We don't need to talk, we don't about, need to talk about this. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, red. You have dragons. You also have samurai, which is another thing we don't need to talk about. Samurai. <laughs> I think uh, actually. So uh, this Monday, Morrow read an, uh, a mailbag article where people asked him questions and he answered them. Yeah. And one of them was, uh, "Can you tell us anything about the next set after Shadows of Innistrad? So next next fall." And he's yeah. like, "Well, I can't tell you too much, but I'll tell you that the." place we're going to is a place people have been asking us to go to for a very long time oh my goodness so they would, ne- theory, they would never do it my, no i don't think it's a return to kamigawa i do think it's possible that it's a reattempt to do japanese culture but from a pop japanese culture perspective not like because what the problem with kamigawa one of the problems it was like very much what actual japanese shoto like the religion of japan's used to be yeah japan used to be and like that doesn't have much of a pop culture carryover. Right. But, like, if you, like, to attack Japan from, like, oh, samurai films, anime, like, all these stuff that people actually kind of have an experience with, you might have sure. a better chance. I, I still don't, I, don't think they would do I it. I think we're getting Pirate World or Egypt World. But yeah. uh, it's possible that we're getting – I'd be down to see some samurai or Would they some, take uh, us back to, like, Mercadian masks or would they take us back to, like – No. Well, that's all that's – all, Oh, old. no, Mercadia's like, yeah, Merc- like some weird concept of plane, like right? That. Yeah, no, I don't think we're going there. Or they're like, or like I don't know, go way back, like the Wrath Cycle, like Tempest or something. Oh, no, we're not. I mean, that's all on Dominaria. They actually, on that article, he mentioned Dominaria, and he, basically his point was the biggest problem with Dominaria is if we're going to go back there, we need a way to consolidate nine years of blocks into yeah. one location for two sets. Got it. Um, you know the story better than I do. I'm not like a big story. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know like all of the story. Yeah. I don't know any of the names of like the Planeswalkers from back in the day. Apparently they get like magic mechs and they start mech fighting with – 
Yagamoth to destroy the original Ferengi or something. How well do you know the story? I didn't read any of the books. Oh. I've like Wikipedia. Okay, everything. Here's the question for you guys. This is this is the middle question of the show. Um, <laughs> and in fact, actually, I'm gonna just ca- talk about the next creature type. And uh, Kessler is gonna tweet right now, and he's gonna put a poll up right now, and you guys are gonna respond. And and the question is going to be: Would you guys be interested in a verbal and oral history of the magic story? Via Kessler on this podcast, yes or no? I think I think we'll just do that. I'm voting. I'm okay. voting no right now before <laughs> you even put it up. But if this, I'm just like just for the record because I don't know the story either. If our fans, if you guys do want to hear Kessler spend 45 minutes giving you an oral history of the magic story, so you actually like know everything. Uh, Kessler has just offered. The, he's just offered his time right now to do that. On I have actually I have a good guest I can bring on, Marshall James. He's actually in our second episode. Uh, he did the original cons block review, um, and he, he's also very story uh, versed. So he'll come on if we do it. Well, if we do it, we'll do it. So he's going to put that up right now. But we are going to get into the next color, which is blue, which is the sweetest color in Magic. So here we go, Merfolk. That's the color, obviously, and it's the the tribe. Merfolk is the best blue tribe. It's insane. It, they've they've made the redundancy now is is literally insane. Like and all all the tribes. It's so weird. I guess. Like it and elves have more tribe like lords than anything else. Yeah, I mean they've just made like you have Lord of you have Lord of Atlantis, you have Merfolk, the other guy, the other uh, Pearl lord. Trident. Yeah, tr- Pearl. Mer- no, no, Merfolk of the. Yeah, whatever. Continue. The other Lord of Atlantis, the identical card. The, I think the, I'm correct. The Merfolk of the Pearl Triad. Maybe, yeah. Yep. Um, you also have Mero Regiri, yep. which is really good. And then you also have, which people don't even play, Merfolk Sovereign, which is another one. Yeah. Like oh, a, there's like two that people aren't playing in that deck now because they're three drop ones, and Mero Regiri has a combo associated with it that the other ones don't. Yeah, and then you also get like... like Master of Waves and... Oh, like, yeah, you get Master of Waves. You Curse get Catcher. Like Curse Catcher. You get... The one that draws a card. The, yeah, that card's insane. Silver Girl Adept. A 2-1 yeah. for 2 in your tribe that draws a card. And then you also get the new one uh, of the Tides. Oh, yeah. Harbinger of the Tides, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is totally nuts. Yeah, Merfolk's really good. Yeah, that deck's really good. Yep. I've, I've tried to play it at, a, at an event before. Remember, I tried just jamming three collected companies in the deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't go well. Didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun. But anyway, Merfolk is, is clearly the, the color. So what's your uh, what's your underutilized blue? Uh, mine's fairies. Oh, okay. I mean, that's like a real thing. Yeah. Just doesn't see a lot of play. <laughs> I figured I needed to do one real thing. I'm normally the serious one. I didn't have any serious things here yet. So fairies. Fairies is so really I feel cool. like rats might get there based off of the conversation. I was impressed. Uh, but fairies, I mean, it's the classic one. Vendillion Click is its poster child. Uh, normally it's in the blue-black flavor, but before Pestermite, uh, not Pestermite, before um, uh, Bitter Blossom was unbanned, there was a bunch of blue, mono-blue fairies list that like use Scion of Una. It's a cool deck. People know what it is. It Scion's exists. good. I mean, yeah, it's that's they're all real cards. Is the funny thing. Um, but mine, my blue one is wizards, and it's oh, you get oh, what's the what's the counterspell before you get to wizards? The fairies counterspell. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about spellstarter sprite? Yeah, spellstarter yeah, sprite. That guy's good. awesome. So yeah. that what that does is it counters a spell equal to how many fairies you control, Which, but it's a one-one fairy, so you get. Yeah, at the very least, at the very least, you're countering Lightning Bolt or you're right. countering Path to Exile, and you get the one that taps all their lands. That's the big one. Uh, Mistbind Click. Mistbind Click. It's not as good as it used to be because yeah. people have instant speed spells now versus. But it's a four four, so it can't be bolted. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, Mistbind is fine. It's just like that's more of a standard play. Right. The, the fairies deck people played. Blue red fairies was the thing for a while in modern. Uh, people just would like play Lightning Bolt and a couple right. of good red cards. Now blue black is because because yeah. their awesome is back. I do think that deck would be interesting. Something that I haven't seen before is it running Feast and Famine, which mm. is bad now because of Colgan's Command. But right. before Colgan's Command, or if that is not a big deal in the format for a moment, um, because the one of the reasons Cobblade was so good is you would attack, and then you'd untap your lands, and then you'd have counter magic up. So like if you got a sword in play and were able to connect with it, they couldn't do anything for the rest of the game. Be interesting in fairies because they play everything at instant speed. It basically draws them two cards a turn. Go. What's your what's your blue? Well, I already said it's wizards, and I've talked about this before on the... all the jobs. You're all about yeah. them jobs. Well, wizards. So okay. you just got a job today, huh? <laughs> yeah, more on that later. There's there's some really good wizards in modern. So the so like modern is is interesting, and I think I've seen some people try this. There's a lot of different directions you can take this. So a lot of cards that are just good anyway, like that you have seen people play or perhaps played yourself, are actually just wizards. For instance, a lot of the fairies are wizards. Is uh, V Click is a wizard, isn't it? Isn't it a fairy wizard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So V-Click's a wizard. You have... Well, you got wizard cycling. 
That's what that was. No, I mean you know I love that card. Yeah. Um, the uh, Ethermage, which is a, a bad card from Future Sight, but it does have instant speed, three mana. Discard this card. Search your library for any, any wizard. Put it in your hand. Bob is a wizard. Um, Dark Confidant. Dusk Mantle Seer, which is the four four flying version of Bob, is a wizard. Um, there's there's a lot of them, and there's interesting ones too that people haven't tried playing. Like occasionally you'll see Kosi's Trickster played in Merfolk decks. It's a wizard. You can do it just the same in a wizard's deck. It's a one one for one that gets a plus one plus one counter on it every time they shuffle their library. I've heard that card's not good based off of reports by. Sure, Delver is a wizard. Delver is a wizard, right? He flips into a human insect, but if he flips, you're happy. Um, Sage of Epitier, which is one of my favorites, <laughs> is also a wizard. <laughs> I mean, Augur of Bolas. There's just all these cards that have been playable over the years in Standard that are good enough. I mean, yeah. Jay's well, I mean, that's, Rins- that's the thing. When you come to classes or jobs, as I've been referring to them, yeah, they can be thrown on any creature. Jace Vrin's Prodigy is a wizard. I mean, there's a lot of good wizards in modern. So, Snapcaster Mage is the best wizard ever printed. I mean, Void Mage Prodigy, which is one of my favorite cards I've talked about before, which is blue-blue for a 2-1 human wizard. Tap blue-blue, sacrifice a wizard, counter-target spell. Yeah. That card's card's good. Yep. Um, Well, I mean, it's debatably good, but that card is interesting. It's a classic, though. I mean, like, it's all play back in the day. Yeah, it's Kai's card. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Wizards is interesting to me. That's that's a deck that I've always liked. And the coolest thing about Wizards is that uh, there is a combo... With uh, Dusk Mantle Guild Mage, which is a blue-black, one blue, one black, two-two human wizard that has two abilities, one of which mills your opponent, the other of which states whenever a card is, it's one half of the Mind Crank combo. If you get his ability live and Mind Crank can play at the same time, it creates a cycle where a card goes in their graveyard, they lose a life. Every time they lose a life, they put a card in their graveyard, mills their whole library, they lose all their life. And he's a wizard for two. So I've always tried to build this sort of like, You've played a certain number of Mind Cranks, you play Dusk Mantle Guild Mage, and then you play the Wizard Cycling card and some other good Wizards, and it's like sort of a tempo Wizards deck that has this combo kill. Um, problem is Mind Crank's a bad card, so it's really difficult to throw slots in your deck. But Muddle the Mixture costs two, almost all the other good cards cost two, you could transmute it because it's, it's an instant. I mean, I don't know. Probably bad, but that's that's the direction I always try to go with Wizards. But Wizards has a lot of design space. Oh yeah, and the, actually the last thing, this speaks to bo- both what you're saying and what I'm saying, is... I worked on this deck idea for a while where I wanted to play a fairy's shell. Um, I wanted to play a fairy's shell with the card Mirror Weave and the blue-green card um, where if you control four of them, you win. You know what I'm talking about? The two, three for oh, three. This was your Highlander deck. I was trying, but I tried it in Modern too. Okay. Um, he's called... If you control four... Uh, it doesn't matter because the card's not good. No, no. He, it's, <laughs> it's an important story here. It's called uh, something Mancer, right? I don't know. It's blue and green. It's Keep... a blue-green card that if you control four of them and they're in play, you win the game. Talk about why it's not good, and I'll find out what it it's is. It's not good because <laughs> getting four of them in the play is very difficult, and isn't it an upkeep trigger, and it's a 2-2, and it costs three mana, and it does nothing otherwise? Uh, you're missing the point here. Um, the... <laughs> no, no, but I, I, will exp- I will explain to uh, you guys right now why it's good. It's called Biovisionary. It's one blue, one green, one colorless, two, three, human wizard. At the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures named Biovisionary, you win the game. Now, here's what's interesting about this. If you were to play, like, say, one or two copies of Biovisionary, and you were to play, say, two to three copies of Mirror Weave, so Mirror Weave is, like, hybrid, blue-white, hybrid, blue-white, two, instant, target non-legendary creature becomes a copy. All, all creatures all, all creatures become a copy of target non-legendary creature in a turn, which means... If you play that on Biovisionary at any point in time when you have four or more creatures, because you're the active player, right? It's how you can stack the triggers and you win because yours resolves first, right? Even if they have four creatures, right? If you put the ability on the stack, uh, I, I, you would know better than I do if that works. You put the active, you're the active player, so yours goes first, theirs goes second, theirs resolves first, so they would win. Um, <laughs> For so, the record, the vote on who tells the story has yeah. eight yes votes already and zero <laughs> no votes. So what? You, no, what no. If they has one no vote because you voted no. <laughs> you do it on their turn because they're the active player. So what happens is theirs goes on first, yours goes on second, yours resolves first. Okay, so you, you have win. to tap, tap out to play a three drop, four drop. Oh, you mean Biovisionary? Yeah, Biovision uh-huh. does nothing. Yeah. Then they have their whole turn to kill it. And you also have to have. Oh, they have no idea what's going on, though. They, they see Biovisionary. You're forgetting <laughs> what's going on here. You are playing this in the middle of a fairies deck because you're. The, the thing is, you have like. You have like three copies of Mirror Weave and you have like two copies of Biovisionary. 
and then you have like a couple copies of Vidalk and Other Mage right. to search up your Bioversionaries. And then the rest of the deck, you're playing Scion of Una, you're playing all the good fairies. All of a sudden, you have more creatures than them, and you make all of your creatures Scion of Unas. Your whole board now, actually it has other fairies you control get Shroud. So if you have one of them instead of two of them, you can still target it. Then all your fairies become Scion of Unas, and all of your you swing with like six, six, sixes or something. Okay, I mean... It's a combo kill with, with Mirrorweave. Combo in <laughs> quotes. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Disrupting Shoal. Okay. Blue. Is he a wizard? Who? The Sign of Luna? No, the guy who... Um, Biovisionary? Biovisionary. Yeah, of course he is. That's why you're playing Vidalk and Other Mage. Okay, so you can cycle... Okay, you can have one. All right. I can maybe be convinced to let you build it on your phone. This <laughs> took a, this took a much, much... I built it on my phone. I'll show you the list. <laughs> this took longer than I thought. Let's move on to multicolored. All right, so gold cards... Are going to be what's the basic one? Slivers? Slivers is the most basic. Would yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. the poster one. It's the Classic. one they've used in corsets. It's got lots and lots and lots and lots of cards over time that have been designed for it. I mean it's not the most interesting, and you don't see a lot of it. I've seen collected company slivers decks. I've seen other vile slivers yeah. decks. Once the hexproof one came out, it definitely or it's like pseudo hexproof. I've seen vile or uh, uh, I've seen wild pair slivers decks. Okay. Um, that was back a standard thing. I mean, it, not in modern wild pair. It costs six. It's too slow. But I mean, there's it's cool. Like it's definitely a cool thing you can do. So I mean, there's time spiral block has a bunch of slivers and the two core sets yeah. has a bunch of slivers. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's and then and then this is one of the situations where the the changeling cards are are good because like sliver cycling from time spiral block exists. So you can like search for any sliver or you can search for nameless inversion or crib swap or whatever oh, you're playing. Right, right, right. So you have like a removal spell becomes very like sort of toolboxy. Yeah. Toolbox. Okay. Toolbox. All um, right. So what's what's your multicolor? Definitely elementals. And it's interesting because right. you said blue red elementals, which is cool, um, but that's very aggressive and not really what elementals would want to be doing. The reason you can play five color elementals in modern and and for the record, you can't because I've tried to build this before. It's just not good enough it's not interesting enough but the reason you're able to is because the mana base and it's because they've now made between the primal beyond which is the land that produces any color only to cast elementals uh cavern of souls which obviously makes them uncounterable and produces any color to cast elementals and then pillar of the parents which is the land that if you tap it produces one of any color only to cast creature spells but because all of your spells in the deck pretty much are going to be elementals um you have 12 a painless city of brasses in your deck to cast elementals. So you have a, a darn near perfect mana base. You to play everything from a Moldrifter to like the flame, the flamekin harbinger to like, you just, the thing is the deck doesn't revel arc is really good. You just don't have much of an, like an identity with the deck. It's like a bunch of good cards, shriek ma, like a bunch of cool cards that just aren't. Right, well, elementals is kind of used just to be like this form of weather. In a creature form. Yeah, it's just they just don't do that much. Is Interesting problem. enough, if if they had thought about it originally or they had had the power, they've said that if they could go back in time, they would make all elementals enchantment creatures. Really? Kind of how constructs are an artifact creature. They would right. make all elementals, like that's the def- defining factor of being an enchantment creature. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Where yep. where did you where did you hear that? I think Maro said it multiple times in different places. Hmm. He so, says things. <laughs> yeah, I mean if, so if you like look at the list, you have you have the aggressive ones and then you have like all of the sort of like medium powered ones and like you just look and there's so many and they're just not quite right. I mean you could go aggressive, Frostwalker is a four one for two that's an elemental. If you have no problem ever casting anything then you know you can get pretty interesting. Pride of the Clouds has always been a kind of an interesting card if you want to get clever. Smoke Braider helps you ramp things out. You know you have the you have the more like the, like some of the bigger ones, like the uh, the the champion guy. What's he called? The six the ten four. What is he? Four mana. A ten four. He's like a he's the uh, well I think it, what's his name is an elemental isn't he the fulminator mage. Yeah. Fulminator Mages. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the the champion and elemental guy. Ash and More Liege can kind of be your top top of the oh, curve. Oh, four the four one. Yeah, the four mana champion and elemental guy. He's called oh champion and elemental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's just the, his name escaped me for a second. Anyway, bottom line is it's it's just not that good. Nova Chaser is what he's called, right? Four mana, ten two trample. Yep. Champion yeah, and elemental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets lightning bolted really well. Um, <laughs> you know, well, then you get your other elemental back. Make yeah. Sure there's an enter the battlefield trigger. Yeah, exactly. Go crazy. Uh, cool. Elementals are fine. All the manlands are elementals. That's yeah, exactly. Fun. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my my multicolor is allies. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's more to say. There's a cool deck list that's been out there. It did really well recently at in one of the Star City Games things. Uh, one of our Twitter followers by the name of, if you don't get lost in all of the Eldrazi spoiler thing, uh, Lane Johnson, uh, at Lane the Main, uh, sent us the list. It looks pretty sweet. It apparently did well at Star City Games. Uh, runs Aether Vile, Collected Company. It's all about being aggressive. There's a bunch like they now have like a pretty large amount of aggressive allies that kind of get in there in a wide way that's very zoo like. Uh, you get to take advantage of ally encampment, which is cool because you can rebuy the allies um, and cavern souls. That's something we haven't talked about. So ally encampment is this land that they kind of seem to be printing as their main tribal push because they did it for dragons. Right. So dragons got the exact same land, and all it is is taps for colorless or taps for land to cast a creature of that tribe like the flamekin right. or the elemental one but you can sack it to put a creature of that type back into your hand from your graveyard got it so, so yeah they're going they're a little more in that direction i think that's kind of their new flavor of the print right the week the block whatever you want to say all right so that's that's kind of mine allies are cool if you just got two votes of no on the story i don't that's crazy were they both ben bateman and ben <laughs> Bateman media and action movie packed whatever no <laughs> oh I'll it's win. anonymous i have maui toys <laughs> alex kessler and top decking and maybe webisodes network <laughs> i don't know we'll see how crazy we could get <laughs> uh all right so uh that's it for colored there's like colorless ones but they're like Mostly, yeah, in reality, like, they're, they're it's like artifacts a, or Eldrazi, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's a construct that you could kind of go somewhere with, maybe. Maybe. If you guys know of a different artifact... Oh, Mir. There's the Mir. Oh, okay. I found the one I want to talk about. Mir Tribal. It's a Ugh. thing. There's the one that can untap Mir. Infinite mana like, creatures. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I don't know. They're well, there's adorable. the infinite, And there's the infinite mana thing. Combo? Yeah, the two of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Two Mir Galvanizers, or whatever that card's right, called. Right, 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 because you can untap a Mir... Yeah. Create a mana. Oh, actually, you need the guy that makes two mana. You need, you need like three. You need two copies of him and the guy that makes two mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Right. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite mana creatures for the win. Um, yeah, mirror cool. All right, so that's that's it for uh, travel. <laughs> uh, but before we're done with our list, I do want to read. So we asked you guys what your favorite tribes, uh, underrated tribes are. So I'm going to read some of them out loud. We got a lot of responses. Nice. All right. So uh, Matthew Faza, I feel vampires underutilized. I agree, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, at Ethan Epstein. Insect! Exclamation. Plant! Cat! All seem like there could be sweet stuff hidden. Also, could you brew a sweet twist on Merfolk sometime? I think Ben just kind of... Oh, that was Wizards. Yeah. We can, I'll do a sweet twist on Merfolk. I love Merfolk. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alex Betty. Belty. Mm-hmm. Always sweets at us. Zombies. Wodar. Wodar underscore Melon. Cool design. Oh. Nope, that's the other thing. All right. <laughs> Roy. Nope. Nick Tapio. Rats. All hail pack rat. I agree with you, Nick Tapio. I was convinced on rats. He also said shamans. Deck is fragile, but kind of silly good. You talked about shamans. Not as sweet as rogues. Uh, Roy. Fligier. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Je- uh, dragons. Have to be able to make those bad boys work now, right? Because all the, the rats. Or dragons from Dragon Block. Henry at Hanker1234. Rats, pack rat for the win. I think rats was a good choice. I'm getting a lot of rat love here. Ooh, here's the original one. Nolan Adams at Floyd with a one and a three. Griffins. Oh, wow. Yeah. I Griffins. Eh? I don't even know. I don't even know what that would entail. Nor do I. A bunch of two, three flyers for three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of deck. Uh, Eric Landis, goblins and allies, they're used but underused. Allies in particular is nuts. Went 5 2 in a modern side event at GPEC Tech. Is Eric Landis Pragyboog? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, Ra Morney at R A U M O R N I E. Ooze tribal all the way. <laughs> Ooze tribal. Hey, I scavenging love it. ooze right there. And there's the indestructible three one, and you can do some you can eat a lot with the ooze because you can get some good devotion going on. Go okay, here's the right. here's the deal. So Kessler is gonna look at this whole list we just went through, and he is going to suggest three that I would have to build a deck with, and you guys are gonna decide, you're gonna tweet at us with a hashtag we're about to give you, and I'm gonna do the very same thing for Kessler. And you will tweet at him. All right. And uh, which of the three is decided will be the next brew episode. He will be brewing this one, and I will be brewing the other one. All right, and this will be like in a month. Because <laughs> we just did one of these. But all right, you have to brew either rats. Okay. Uh, dragons. Okay. Or snakes. Ugh. Now they're gonna vote snakes. Ah. 
Don't do it. You don't want to hear me talk about snakes. Trust me. You won't like me when I'm angry. Uh, rats, dragons, or snakes. Uh, I guess we'll, that'll be a thing. And then Alex has to – there's three options here for him. You guys are going to tweet at him, uh, and, and the hashtags will reveal in just one second. Alex, your three options are going to be rogues because uh, it's sweet. Um, it's, they're going to be five-color elementals. Um, or it's gonna be, we'll say, we'll say, uh, human soldiers. Human soldiers? No, we'll say cats. Okay, You love cats. All right, so, to reiterate, Alex, and if you want to hashtag it, it's hashtag Kessbrew, K-E-S-S brew, rogues, elementals, or cats, and for Ben... It'll be hashtag Ben Brew. Yeah. And it'll be rats, dragons, or snakes. You guys vote. We'll do what everyone has the most. Yes. You have uh, you have several weeks on this. Yes. So many weeks. The, the, but, the, but the sooner we know, the sooner we know, the sooner we can start brewing and bring something actually good. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons we're doing this ahead of time is so that we can actually like put some good work into testing these, maybe even. Maybe play some games even. Yeah. And tell you guys what happens. Right. That'd be funny. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh that's it for that. That's it for this week. Uh, I do want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter. We are at the MMCast. I am at Kess Wiley. I am at Ben Bateman Media. We also have a Facebook now. So if you go to facebook.com slash the MMCast, you'll find us, and we're great there. We post the episodes there now. and then We, we post link... them early there? No. We post them early, and we actually only just post them there, and then I link to the Facebook post okay. on Twitter. So gotcha. it's all about that Facebook. Um, and we'll do we, – we'll, kind of what we want to create there is a community where people can talk and hang out, and it's not as like – Twitter feed focused. Right. Um, and then uh, make sure to uh, check out the command zone. Hey, they Jimmy do, and Josh. Commander yeah. content. Sweet. It's super sweet commander content. And we also have a YouTube channel. If you look up the MM Caster Masters Modern Podcast on YouTube, you'll find us. Please subscribe. We do videos. Soon we'll be releasing video content that's not just this podcast. Yes. But uh, if you're at work and you don't want to like have your headphones from your iPhone, you just want to plug it into your computer great way to do it you can stream off youtube stream for off now. youtube for now uh, there's and- card images for everything and then the last thing is I, i've just mentioned this the last couple times but i do this talk show uh, it's a podcast talk show called action movie anatomy we talk about the sweetest action movies of the 80s 90s 2000s and today we have like a whole fun format of like top five villains and heroes and best headshots of all time and all kinds of stuff like that uh we do that on the popcorn talk network so if you go to youtube the popcorn talk network uh, it's called Action Movie Anatomy, uh, and we're on Twitter at the at, at AMA Podcast, and I love that show, so check that out. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. All right. See you guys next week. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>